Hello and welcome to Tracks, I'm Tim. And I am Harry. And welcome to episode number six. Zero. Oh, oh. I thought you wanted me to do the next bit. <laughs> you left such a gap. I was looking at you like, say the next but bit. But then you said zero. Yeah. You oh. ruined it. Oh, well. Anyway, episode number 60. T. <laughs> 60 T. <laughs> it's a great one. I make uh, myself laugh. Yeah, at least you make someone laugh. Maybe listen at home. Shut up. We'll never know. It'd be nice to have like a little uh, feedback if yeah. like people are laughing and when. Everyone should record themselves listening yeah. to the show. We could, uh, and then we could like, laughter track. Yeah, exactly. We could put a laughter track on it from everyone at home. Maybe I don't know should, how. But maybe we'll, we should do that anyway. Maybe we're already doing it. Maybe we've hacked your iPhones, listeners. Oh! I wonder if we'd ever get a new. <laughs> yeah, if we say something a little bit oh. sketchy. Yeah. Uh-oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we've had a busy old week. You've got an exciting uh, highlight section coming up, and then we look forward to what is an even more exciting week here in England. Mm. It's a great episode. I had a great time recording it. I had a good time recording it too, too. Whether or not I have sunstroke and that's uh, adding to my enthusiasm, who knows? Something happened in the last five minutes. I'm <laughs> suddenly <laughs> a bit mad. I'm suddenly feeling very hot. Uh, <laughs> the point is. It's a great one, and we will see them where? On that flipping side! Too loud. No, it wasn't that one over there. <laughs> Shall we begin? Let's begin now. You alright, mate? Hello there. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. How are you? I'm very well, actually. I'm calm feeling <laughs> in a good mood today. I am calm, but um, happy. The sun is out. Yeah. Um, it has been a nice day. We've had a nice relaxed afternoon, haven't we? Yeah, sat in a park. Yeah, sat in a park. Did get told off. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Naughty boys. A, we were being naughty boys in the park and drinking beer where we weren't allowed to drink beer. We nearly got fined 500 English pounds. Mm. Was that each, do you think? I don't know. It just seemed so... Uh, out of context for what we were doing, which was sitting in the sun, having a beer. Yeah, and everyone, like, watching us when she came over. I know. And, like, she took a knee, basically, and was like... Yeah. So there are a few things that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> high-vis vests. Two people in high-vis vests and shirts and trousers came. Yeah. Yeah. And the said, other guy just wanted us to get pissed, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was The lady was like, we can either take this or you can leave and drink them outside. And then come back. And then come back. And we said, I'll just take them, there's not that much left anyway. And the guy could not quite believe our answer, could he? He was like, I would have drank it. I would have gone out there, got pissed and come back. (laughs) But as we did notice, it seemed like he had been out in the sun for about nine million years. Yeah, he was was red. And he looked (laughs) sweaty and hot. (laughs) Leathery. Yeah. So leathery. (laughs) He was a leatherman. (laughs) Give me your leatherman jacket. (laughs) Yeah. He absolutely was. Um, but that was good. So I think that has just kind of set me up for this recording session. I just feel zen. I feel quite zen. I felt actually quite ill this morning. I think I said to you, I'm a little poorly. Um, but it's kind of just got a little bit better. Yeah. Although you do keep, and apologies to you listeners if he does this while we're recording, yeah. he keeps sort of popping, like absolutely <laughs> out of nowhere. That sounded horrible. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely out of nowhere. It was like, <gasps> <laughs> it's not like that. It's I'm like, not going. Boo, ah, ah. I'm not are. terrified or something. 
Is that the noise you make when you're terrified? It's just like, it's that kind of cough that you try to keep in, but you know you can't, but you still try. And then it just goes, ah, it just kind of comes out. And again, to go back to the park, I know that's not the noise you make when you're terrified, because we were terrified numerous times, because oh, seagulls on, were, so were swooping at us. They were, <laughs> you're like, it's so close, I'm like, it's three feet away. As I said at the time, it's still true. <laughs> I felt it's whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> the seagull flew past me, swooping down. And I felt the wind off its wings, like, hit me in the face. <laughs> That's too close. <laughs> That's too close for a bird to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, it's been a fun afternoon. Yeah, it has. has it been a fun week? It's been a, a quite a busy week, yeah. It's been, in like, in like a good way, like, good be, doing good things. <laughs> be, get, be, get. That's me popping again. Good. <laughs> yeah, we've been, I've been, had, I've been. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> some good times <laughs> um let's start off by saying on tuesday the last week we went to see alexander alexandra savior at Comscala. Comscala. <laughs> um and that was good right it was very very enjoyable it was, uh, it was maybe one of the i was left thinking about it for quite a bit after yeah Affecting, yeah, it stayed with me for sure for a few reasons. So, mostly positive. <laughs> I, I would say there's some negative, not negative. Um, I would say if we went and talked to them and said, how, how do you think that went? I think they would be negative because there are at least three songs that she seems to forget the lyrics to. Um, songs that she doesn't like, yeah, she fit that was that was a strange moment in yeah. the whole thing. Um, her final song, the song, and we thought there might be an encore, but, and there wasn't. Mm. The, the last song of the set, she said, I don't like that song. Yeah. Afterwards, after she played it. And it's like, well, why did you finish on it then? Yeah, it's like, finish well, on why did you play it? It's like a thing people do. Yeah. Um, so the, I guess the big takeaway from it was that she didn't play Shades, which is... And that was very disappointing for me, because that's my favourite song on the it's album. It's our favourite song on the album, and it's obviously everybody else's, because it has quadruple the amount of listens as anything else i think i'm right in saying it's a single as well right it is so that's probably one of the reasons why because people have had it for a bit longer but i was just very like i understand sometimes when people don't want to play certain songs but it doesn't tend to be their first tour as a band exactly first album yeah i think yeah, and there was a long enough set. It's not a particularly long album uh bird honor of sadness which if you guys at home haven't listened to yet do go and listen to it because it's really really good yeah it's not a particularly long album she played for about i think maybe 45 50 minutes at scala so easily long enough to play every song on the album really absolutely no good reason whatsoever to miss out one of your big songs um and i was a bit disappointed by that i the whole gig i really loved um she was very nervous you could sense the sort of nervousness her state um, yeah her stage presence was um i liked it like yeah Quite odd, like she'd have her mic down and she would kind of sing down. Yeah, sort of almost crouched over. Yeah. Um, the, I, what I would say, visually, it was the exact opposite of like Liam Gallagher with his mic really high up and sort of yeah. on his tiptoes. She was absolutely crouched over. Opposite to that. Yeah. Um, but she was definitely an interesting stage presence. Yeah. I, I've never, and again, as someone who. I can only imagine what I would be like on stage. I would be so, so nervous and terrified. 
I can totally sympathise. But like the the fact that like in between songs sometimes there'd be like a decent gap of a few you know maybe thirty seconds a minute something like that. Mm. And often she would just face the back of the stage and not even turn around and look at the crowd. And I I kind of really sympathised with that. I thought she really put a lot of emotion and energy into her vocals and the meanings of the songs when she was performing them but yeah. that feeling between the songs when she came out it felt a little rushed didn't it like get let's get through these songs sometimes yeah um but this is weird because there's it sounds like a lot, a lot of negativity coming from us but i really enjoyed the show i really liked the music i thought she did a very good job she's got a stunning um, voice really really good voice and like again when something sounds really great on a record, often you can go and see it and it doesn't quite live up to it. I thought she sounded amazing. And I, you know, the renditions of the songs, like you say, I, I thought were great. It yeah. was a really good gig. They were perfect, yeah. Apart from the fact that, well, I found it funny, really, when she, I didn't know the song, I don't believe, but um, I, I said, has she forgotten the lyrics? Or does she not know the lyrics? She started laughing as well. Yeah, she was laughing during the, which made yeah. like everybody feel kind of comfortable with it. And, and then fine. afterwards she said, let's all just forget about that one. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and I, I like that. And I personally would put that down to nerves and yeah. it kind of shows that she may be not the most confident at, at the moment, which is all just fair enough. I, th- I still think having said all of that and having said that she seems like the kind of person that seems nervous and what have you, she did a really good job. Yeah. And I think above all, the takeaway was a massive talent and you know, we knew anyway, but someone to really keep your eye on. Um, yeah. She, I, I still feel like she's destined for really big things. I remember, um, and in some ways it's a bit of a lazy comparison, but I remember the first time I heard of Lana Del Rey was, she was on later with Jules Holland uh, performing video games. And I was just absolutely stopped in my tracks. Uh, and I watched. I must have watched that performance, you know, 50 times in the next week. I was just absolutely blown away. It's like, wow, she's going to be huge. There's just something about her. And I think uh, Alexandra Saviour feels like that to me too. Um, someone who's going to, yeah, go on and do really exciting and interesting things and be a big star, I think. Yeah. In a few years, it might seem mad that we saw her in what was a pretty small venue. It was small. Quite quite nice. We were just kind of on the stairs. I like yeah. had like a everyone's in like different positions. Yeah. Obviously. Stuffed to the brim with chicken nuggets. I was in. Oh it. yeah, horrible. Twenty but chicken nuggets. I let people know because I told a friend about this recently. And I got quite into it. I've had my I had my first chicken nugget from McDonald's and it was disgusting. What the hype is around chicken nuggets? I do not. I do not understand. You don't like batter. I don't like batter, but I also just don't think it tasted like something that would people would yeah. should like no i mean I've got, <laughs> that's my uh, I've got to be low honest. light of the week yeah i've gotta be honest when i started that box i was quite into it in the end i ate 19 out of the 20 yeah. chicken nuggets and by the end i had had enough i was sweaty and hot and just <laughs> just it not was feeling a sweaty good day wasn't it yeah we were sweating the whole time we was 11 o'clock at night on the train back, we were still sweating. <laughs> we, were, we were, like, dripping just on the train, like, confused as to where we were. It was so dark outside. We were like, oh, we're on the wrong train. Like, we haven't even gone to a stop yet. <laughs> and we were just laughing at stuff, like, for, like, an hour or whatever it was. Yeah. It was quite a, it was all a disillusional, bit... like, train ride. Yeah, it was all a bit surreal, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was Tuesday. Yeah. 
uh, Wednesday, which is my highlight. I will oh, see. Okay, Harry, what's your musical highlight of the week? Oh, is that what we we weren't we were not doing that? No, I don't think we quite got that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, okay, well that's our week, and this is my highlight. Um, I went to see Mac DeMarco at Brixton O2 Academy. I've seen him in a few different venues. I've seen him right up up close. I've been at his like at his feet for one venue. At one venue, I've yeah I've seen him in some great places, but this was like a monumental occasion for Mac. I think yeah, and it was in a it was it's big there. I love Brixton. I've only been a couple of times, but it's a brilliant venue. Yeah, and am I right in thinking you were at the second of two? He he did two nights. Yes, he did two nights. I went to the second night on the Wednesday. Yeah, and he absolutely killed it. Like, I feel like you would have enjoyed this show. Like, we 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 got there. Um, we thought we were going to be a bit late. We're having some having some bevies at the old uh, work. Uh, got the tube on the way there. Start to get a drink, and then he came out. And um, I can't remember we opened up with, but we were like, it was one of those. It was so, it's so big there that it's not completely ram packed, like around <laughs> the back. Like you can still move around a bit because it's. It's massive. So we were like, we went around the right-hand side, kind of found a good place. I was with uh, Annie, who just, who it seems to be her thing that she doesn't like standing in one place. Really? So over to the left, stand a bit forward, and then back, and then to the right, and then back to where we were, um, a bit of a wanderer, and then we went to get some drinks or whatever. That sounds very annoying. No, because it was just like getting lots of different good perspectives <laughs> of the gig. <laughs> and like... I kind of like being with people like that because I would have just maybe stayed in one place. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been to a gig with a wanderer. Well, the good thing is, so one of the highlights of this whole gig um, was the fact that, so he starts to play one of his last songs, which is uh, Still Together. And so he plays kind of the first half of it, the majority of the song, and then they go into this jam for like 15 minutes. And they're throwing guitars about, Matt goes on the drums, they bring people on from the back, and they all like just kind of walk about and play loads of things. They think they played like a cover of something, I can't remember. Oh, it was, um, what's that song? It's on Glee. I'm gonna, that, that's not gonna help, <laughs> is it? Uh, it's, it's really good. Don't stop believing. No, but let's say it's that, just for the sake of argument. Um, they kind of went into that and it was just really good and they're throwing guitars to each other it's like way and literally throwing yeah like like chucking the guitar in the air and catching it and then like Hmm. yeah they're they're all having a go juggling going different instruments that's what I'm imagining now people just juggling guitars juggling guitars yeah Um, breaking their arms as they caught them (laughs) Um, so that was really cool and then something really weird happened they came back into the song to like finish off the night and he stage dived Loves a stage, stage dove. Notoriously so. And like, we all just went rushing forward. Like, I was thinking at the time, whoever's in the front is surely dead now. Like, but it just happened that, because we went about, we must have gone forward about 20 feet. Like, it was, we really just kind of walked through everybody and just got yeah. right at the front. Um <laughs> There was actually a, a very nerdy moment that I had when... So he finally came kind of above us. I, like, sc- 
squeezed his ass for ages. It you felt, did. It felt like two minutes. It was probably about ten seconds, but I was just, just like this, just wow. squeezing his bum. You strange man. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like sapping his stomach, gave his hair a little grab, like just getting as much of him as I could, <laughs> and then like he like fell in front of me. So, like, his face was, like, lower than I was. And people were trying to push him back up again. And then as he came back back up, my, like, glasses, like, fell off a bit. Yeah. And there was a point when I was trying to, like, grab Mac and whatever, but also try and keep my glasses down. And, like, <laughs> I was, like, holding them on my arm, like, yeah, I can't get them up. And then, like, they were falling to the point where I almost couldn't see them anymore. And I was just, like, <laughs> grabbing at the air to find them and then putting them on my face again. And <laughs> just, like... It was such a weird little moment, um, but it really did make the night. Like, I think when you go to a Mac gig, you can assume you're probably going to get some of his ass cheek in your hand because wow. that's, that's how it works, really. Um, and he played loads of good songs from the new album. Like, I thought it was going to be a bit kind of uh, laid, a little bit more laid back, but he mixed it up. Um, and yeah, he played all, all of the classics and loads of good new songs and. It was really, really, really good. It sounds it. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean, from that, I don't really know what more we can do than just play one of the songs. I mean, what was the highlight of the set? There was, yeah, there was nothing else I was going to do, really. Um, Or could say. Um, I'll play a song from the new album, just because... New album. That's the thing people do. And it's a song he didn't actually play. Um, (laughs) But it's... (laughs) One of my favourites from the new album, and it's called On The Level. And it's one of the tamer songs. Nice. So this is On The Level by Mac DeMarco from the album This Old Dog. This could be your say um <clears throat> he didn't play that when i listen to it i think i'm pretty sure i heard that it's just we were with somebody that said oh he didn't play the song he liked which was on the level i would be absolutely amazed if he didn't play that like yeah. i hear it on the radio all the time so i'm assuming that is the current single it would be insane to come to a gig and not play your latest single yeah. off your latest album which came out like it's a just month that ago. that keyboard bit that i just kind of remember I just remember that for some reason. But anyway, yeah, that's my Harley. And Harley. <laughs> uh, that's my Harley difference. This means that we're going to move on to your highlight, Tim. Well, this is one of those things that feels like a bit of an anticlimax because you've given us so much energy in that, Harry. That might be the most energetic story I think I you've say. told in the history of tracks. Like, I, normally, yeah. I mean, especially often because, like, little insider secret for you listeners, sometimes we are scraping the barrel a little bit to have a musical highlight. And we're just like, oh, I heard this song and it was good. <laughs> I'll go from something from four years ago because yeah. I liked it. But that was so enthusiastic. I'm just going to play a song that I like. and That's good. I don't really... It, I did talk for quite a long time as well. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe I should speed it up because we have to get into the meat. Which um, is when I won't be enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I come into my element. Yeah. Um, so... An album that I've been enjoying a lot this year is called Everything Is Forgotten, and it is by the one and only Methyl Ethel, an artist who 
Yeah, quite rightly, because that is her name, <laughs> I believe. Uh, and yeah, just a good album by a good artist. Exactly the kind of thing you'd expect me to like. I, I feel like I'll just play the song and you'll be like, yeah, Tim would pick that. Mm. Um, but I'm going to play a song called, I don't really know how to say it. I don't know if it's U-B-U or Ubu. I prefer Ubu. Yeah, I'm going to call it Ubu, despite the fact that Ubu is nowhere to be seen in the song. Um, but it's just like a really fun catch song. I think I played it to you before and you said you'd heard it just around. Um, mm. I personally, as a big fan of hair, like the fact that the chorus is about hair and being annoyed at someone for cutting their hair. hair. Like, yeah. That's the kind of thing that I would be annoyed at someone for. Like, why do you have to go and cut your hair? That works for me. Uh, it's just a good song. It's fun. It's summery. Um, yeah. Everyone I play this in front of, they don't fail to be into it. So I think that's going to be the same for you listeners. And I'm going to play it Pressure. right about now. That was Methyl Ethyl with Ubu, and I think the uh, exact reflection of what I like about the song is the fact that uh, during it, while we were playing it, you went to the toilet, Harry, and we weren't at the chorus, and you had already you were already singing the chorus again, mm. and then you got back, and just before we started recording again, you were once again singing. I didn't even notice that either. That's yeah. what you said. But like, it's just so catchy. Um, yeah. It's one of those real earworms and it just sort of hangs around, but I love it. I think it's in a good way. It doesn't bug me. I just absolutely take a lot of joy from it. It reminds me a little bit of that Maximo Park song I played a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, The same kind of thing. Just proper, catchy indie pop. Newcastle band. Didn't know that. Yeah, they are. Methyl Ethel, not, I don't think. I don't know where they're from. She's from. But We'll find out one day. American, I think. That's my guess. Uh, good song yeah do you agree I agree I liked it well done excellent well done me (laughs) and on that note we're gonna have a little bit of a musical bed and we'll see you soon love you bye bye we sit here today recording we are currently four days from polling day Mm -hmm. a general election in the uk by the time you guys listen to this on tuesday two it's closing in and uh, regardless of anyone's political views political opinions it is impossible to escape the fact that we are about to make what is a monumental decision about our futures about how we want our country to look not only for the next five years of this parliament, but forever, because we're leaving Europe. All these things are happening. This is genuinely a key moment in the history of the UK. And because of that, like I say, we're quite 
finding it hard to think of much else at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we had we had a chat about what we should sorry what we should do um, for this episode, and it it kind of shadowed over every other idea. Yeah, that this is especially because the football sense. season's now over, and we've got nothing else to talk yeah. about. <laughs> we thought about it. Yeah, what footballer likes what song? Yeah, so. We couldn't really theme this episode on anything else. That is what we're talking about. And, I mean, I'm going to say this now. I am very, very politically minded. I've spent a lot of time during the last eight weeks of this uh, general election run-up out campaigning for a certain party and certain candidates. Um, It's been really important to me and it's a big part of my life. But I don't want to uh, make this episode about kind of shoving political yeah. opinions plus we don't want people to know that you know you love UKIP so hey <laughs> I mean I'm even from a joke point of view I'm not gonna have it as Sorry. I was telling you earlier um I was out campaigning yesterday door knocking and um with a few friends so we all had our clipboards and our stickers and our rosettes and whatever mm. and we walked past a little gang of uh 15 year olds I reckon maybe even younger yeah. and they shouted across the street I was vote UKIP and um, I didn't retaliate. I wish I did. It was one of those things where moments later you realise the exact right thing to say. Uh, well, first a of day all, later. Yeah. yeah, exactly. First of all, uh, we're in Hove and there is no UKIP candidate here. So that's an irrelevant point anyway. And two, you're 15. You're not allowed to vote. And that's why. So bugger off. Yeah, right. um, but still, I'm not a UKIPper. That needs to be no. on the record I was really joking. This could haunt me for the rest of my life otherwise. I think people could sense I was joking in there. Yeah, I know, but still. Don't be too worried. It just needs to be out there. Um, so yeah, without a huge amount of political bias, despite the fact that some might creep in, might not, who knows. Probably um, We're basically going to pick three songs that, in whatever way, we decide to make it work, fit in <laughs> with the fact... That's a great way to say yeah, it. I mean, it's the same <laughs> with every subject we ever do. Fit in with the fact that we are... Two days, by the time you're listening, we are two days from polling day. And I'm going to ask you to go first, Harry. First song. Right. My first song, I'm going to go with... Well, it's it's by Radiohead. It's on the album OK Computer. The song is Electioneering. Nice. I mean, could not be more perfectly suited. Couldn't be more perfectly suited. Um, The reason why I'm going for this first is because... My knowledge of the song um, is is a small amount of knowledge. <laughs> it's minimal. Um, I'm at the moment going through a bit of a Radiohead phase, uh, starting from the bottom to the top, just kind of going through their albums. Started from the bottom, now you're here. Now I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, and I'll Not be there. That. Now you're still quite point. close to the bottom if you only just got to OK Computer. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've got further than that. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I'm currently at... In rainbows. Oh, that's that's you've gone quite far then. Yeah, yeah. You're well in. I'm well in rainbows. Um, Your shoulders are in the water. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I'm kind of learning a lot about them, and and the fact that they are quite quite politically minded as Huge a group. Say. Anyway, yeah. um, so I'm sure this uh, there, there's probably quite a few things I could have picked, but electioneering kind of uh, made too much sense to to go for. And I did listen to the tune, and I do really like it. So that's brilliant. Kind news. Of all the boxes ticked for why I would show a song. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to sound like a doofus and try and say too much about this one. You doofus. So, <laughs> I'm going to keep using doofus. You absolute doofus. Doofus. Uh, so I'm going to play you Electioneering by Radiohead, and I hope you enjoy it. This is this, Tim. Do the this bit. Okay, I'm gonna do some this. <laughs> a highlight, please. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Not a highlight. We're into the main bit. First selection, please. Yes. Okay, so one of the really. It's <laughs> still funny, the fact that you don't know how to talk anymore. Um, one of the really, really fascinating things about this uh, UK general election has been the fact that we, for the first time, certainly that I can ever remember in my lifetime. We have a candidate who is genuinely infusing and engaging young people. Um, Jeremy Corbyn is, without a doubt, the sort of, the most rock star politician we've ever had. He has like an absolute cult following here. And you know, we've got a lot of international listeners who may not uh, be that familiar with his work, but he's genuinely adored. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate to votes or he's going to win the election or be our next prime minister. But everywhere he goes, he gets huge, huge crowds turning out. And he's able to do things that other politicians aren't able to do, such as uh, come out in front of a crowd at a Libertines gig in a football stadium and have the the crowd chanting, Oh, Jeremy Corbyn. (laughs) He, you know, like I say, he's... He came out of nowhere. He's been an MP for many, many, many years, since the mid-80s. When he first became Labour leader, he wasn't even running to actually take the job. He just wanted to bring leftist views onto the agenda. One with a huge insurgency of youth votes and has continued to do so ever since. And maybe he'll do it again on Thursday. I'm not going to say fingers crossed because I said we wouldn't be biased. Yeah, I know, but the more you say all (laughs) this, the more I'm like, please. Um... But basically, he's been an absolutely fascinating figure within UK politics, which a lot of people are totally uh, disengaged with a lot of the time. And one of the most, in some ways, surreal parts of it all has been grime for Corbyn. Yeah. Which is, again, it's it's a hashtag, it's a movement, it's basically grime artists, which is probably the most vibrant part of British youth subculture at the moment, grime. Um, they have kind of rallied around this lovely man, um, and he's you know he's done an interview with JME. He's had endorsements from pretty much everyone within that scene, and I think it's because he what he does is he speaks to a disenfranchised youth, which is what a lot of this music does. Um, and as we all know, one of the biggest players within that scene is Skepta. Last year, he released the Mercury Music Prize winning Konnichiwa album. And I want to play the title track, the first track from that album. Because, again, he's a, he's a, in a similar way to Corbyn in many ways. He 
talks about what are really important and vital issues in a way that the youth of today can connect to. And in this, there's a, there's a little extract, basically, which I think just, um, it makes me think about the week that we've got coming. Uh, a little bit in the second verse of this song, where he says, uh, tell the president we ain't forgot, tell the prime minister we still remember. Man don't care what colour or gender, nobody's voting for your corrupt agenda. And, you know, again, yeah. we're not trying to be biased here, but... I think it's too late for that. Okay, yeah, fine. We're, we're, we are biased. We, it's clear where we're coming from. But um, I love the fact that uh, he is fearless in his views and uh, who he annoys. And also, I love the fact that he realises that he has a voice and he can you know, help inform a lot of people, Skepta. Um, yeah. And also, this is just a really great tune and a brilliant album. It's one that I'm sort of ashamed to say that I've only really come to listening to the whole way through relatively recently, like maybe the last couple of months was the first time I hadn't just dipped in and out of it. And I can't tell you how good it is. I mean, what a deserving winner of, you know, we, as music fans, there's not many prizes or award ceremonies that we really pay attention to, but the Mercury's I pay a lot of attention to every year. Me too. And this is such a deserving winner. And this is such a great tune. And like I say, right, we're just, we're just gonna go all out. <laughs> Don't vote for the corrupt agenda of the Tories. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to listen to Skepta. This okay. is Kanishiwa. By now you should know I hate waiting, I've got no patience. Right now man are trying to get out the matrix, far from the agents. Trying to stay far from the devil in the red dress, far from the pagans. Only time man are going to see me again is if I share location. Because when you were talking about me online, I was down in the basement. Ex-girl said that I'm never at home, so she found a replacement. Said you was on the road, but I never see you when I was out on the pavement. The police wanna set me up, they wanna take me down to the station. But I can't complain. So there you have it. Our impartiality may not have lasted long, but the episode is gonna last a little bit longer. Because, Harry, you're gonna give us pick number two. I am. But uh, first I just want to say, especially with somebody like you, how difficult it is to stay impartial when you're talking about things like politics and what you believe in. It was never going to happen. No, and I, I think, um, yeah, exactly that. The, the amazing thing is, and we've, we've already talked about it a bit, but this time we actually generally have, genuinely have an opportunity to vote for what people like us actually believe in. Often yeah. we don't have that. So the reason the impartiality probably did go out the window sooner than I expected, I'm going to say. I thought we might not get there. I thought we might not get over the line. But whether I thought we'd have gone this far this soon, I'm not convinced. But um, yeah, I I believe with every fibre of my being and a lot of the things that I've spent the last eight weeks trudging around this bloody city, knocking on doors for. Um, Good. So yeah, it's a, you can't keep in. I've done my bit. I've uh, I've... I wrote a top 10 reasons why you shouldn't vote the to- to- for the Tories to a guy at work who is 19 Excellent. years old and is voting Conservative. Still? So it didn't work? <laughs> no, that this I, he hasn't said what he's doing now, no. but um, I, I could, we couldn't quite get it through to him, so I went downstairs for 10 minutes and wrote out a little list. So yeah, yeah. I, I might have well, swayed one. Yeah, I... <laughs> It's all we can really do. Yeah. Um, every vote counts. Yeah. Right. So, on to my second pick. 
Now, this is a song that I do believe I've played on the podcast before, but it seems so relevant at the moment. Um, and again, I think uh, I wouldn't really be able to talk about this without kind of saying who I was swaying towards. The song is We The People uh, by Tribe Called Quest from their latest album from last year. I believe that uh, we are we kind of are looking up to these to a party that care about the people more than or all all the people, um, not just the few. And this kind of song seems so relevant. I mean, I knew it was kind of politically charged back last year before we knew we were going to have this election, and um, I'm kind of making it fit with this now more than it ever was meant to be but there's the lyrics for the chorus um kind of say a lot in in a short amount of time so you, all you black folks you must go i'm not going to do it the way it's done I'm just oh, gonna, black folks, you, oh you mexicans go. you must go all of you poor folks you must go muslims and gays boy we hate your ways so all you bad folks you must go and like it's um <laughs> it's really weird singing along to that because you completely get yeah. that it is, um, I don't think ironic is the word. It's satire. It's, it's satire, yeah. And it, it still kind of feels uncomfortable saying it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but but uh, the disturbing thing is that there are, again, certain candidates and certain parties within this election that, that w- there would be no morsel of irony in saying those things. Yeah. Which is <laughs> without wanting to cast too many aspersions. Yeah, uh, which is fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating makes it sound less evil, but um, it's. I have. It, it's horrible <laughs> that somebody <laughs> yeah. could think yeah. those kind of things. Um, and obviously, it's kind of like my first pick. In fact, any of the picks, not just for this episode, but for anything I've ever done. Um, I don't have a massive amount to yeah. say on it, especially after your little uh, spiel there, Tim. But um, I guess it's just saying that these are the things I believe in. Yeah. I mean, as much as there are other people that believe in those things as well, and I think this song is quite powerful Yeah. Um, in it's, getting it, that message across. Totally, and it says so many things. Like one of the bit, There's just one line that I always really love, uh, which is, gentrify here, now it's not a shit and it's yeah. like again, you know, they're not just talking about kind of um, you know racism or uh, discrimination. They're also talking about you know other really vital political issues like gentrification yeah. of uh, working class areas. It's just a really brilliant song, and I think, as you alluded to, it it really exemplifies everything that this album's about. It's it's so potent. Yeah, I was going to say very poignant, very potent. Um, so yeah, this is We The People by A Tribe Called Quest. We don't believe you, cause we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you. You ain't a killing off good young nigga move. When we get hungry, we eat the same fucking food, the ramen noodle. This simple voodoo is so maniacal, reliable to pull a juju. The irony is that this bad bitch in my lap, she don't tell me she make money, she don't study that. She gon' give it to me, ain't gon' tell me none of that. She gon' take the brain away the place she spit on that. The doors and signs with it. Don't try to rhyme with it. VH1 has a show that you can waste your time with. Guilty pleasure, take the edge So that was my second pick. Um, Tim, you know the drill. I do know the drill. And the drill is that I now have to pick another one. And I'm gonna 
between two songs that I think are lyrically are really, really potent, my last one is going to be a similar kind of selection to my first, although also musically very different. In the middle, I'm going to just play something that I think is really um, sort of euphoric, which like totally captures a feeling and uh, an atmosphere of sort of hope without necessarily being very specific about what it's talking about. I mean, there are some lyrics in this song, which by the way, I'll, I'll say it now before I start talking about it anymore. The song I'm going to play is Tracy Chapman talking about revolution. Um, and I think, although there are lyrics such as uh, poor people are going to rise up and get their share, poor people are going to rise up and take what's theirs. I think more than that, to me, it just feels like a song of hope and a song that uh, tells you that maybe something better can come. Um, and revolution is such a weird word. Like any, any podcast listeners out there, I highly recommend you go and listen to Adam Buxton's podcast. He had a documentarian called uh, Adam Curtis on his show a couple of weeks ago, who's a very, very interesting guy anyway. Uh, again, go and watch his stuff too. But he was talking about a revolution and how we all sort of say we want a revolution, we want something different. But actually, revolutions generally are really dangerous things. Like, yeah. you lose your savings, you lose your house. Like, people generally, whenever there's a huge revolution, often the people who want the revolution don't risk. come out of it well. Yeah. Uh, you might in the end, but there's a lot of hardship along the way. But I don't necessarily take this song as you know, we want a big civil uprising and we want chaos and we want to burn it all down. What I think it is about, or what at least it feels like it's about to me, is we want another fairer chance and we want to do something different. And this is our opportunity to get it. Um, and yeah, also it's just one of the most beautiful vocals. Tracy Chapman's voice just melts me every time I hear it and never will not do that. Of course, yeah. It's... God, I, I don't even know what the quality is to it, but like, there's just so much soul and so much emotion and then that kind of sort of gravelly texture to it as well. It's just... It's like, yeah, smooth and soulful but with this like rustic edge to yeah. it. Unbelievably talented. Um, my mum went to see her in Brighton a few years ago and I really, really wish I'd been there because like, just to see just to see that live and feel the atmosphere in that room it must have been incredible yeah I remember there being with Tracy Chapman probably I might have been in like year 10 or 11 or something but um, there was something about the song Fast Car yeah that was like re-released or it's probably like X Factor or something someone yeah, probably did a thing and then that the actual real version was suddenly get, getting listened yeah. to and that was the first time I'd heard of her so yeah. it was like 7 or 8 years ago and but, that that's one of those songs like there's certain songs which uh, just sort of deliver a sucker punch of emotion every mm. time you hear it and Fast Car like I I just get really sad not sad but it like makes me tear up like it's it's just so powerful and so emotional that I can't really ever not react to it in that way and in some ways you don't listen to that stuff because it's like it's a bit too much I'll play it to you on guitar one day and you'll you'll, you'll love it no I don't think you'll have the same power no, I definitely will. <laughs> people Even have more. said. People have said, yeah. That everyone's actually told me that. Really, everyone. Yeah, everyone has told you that. And everyone in my head. <laughs> There's lots of people. There's lots of people. Too many. 
and that's why we need to properly fund the mental health service. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful song and one that, fingers crossed, in a few days maybe we'll have one. Maybe we'll have a revolution. I just want to play it. Um, fingers are very much crossed. Yeah. This is Tracy Chapman. Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds don't you know we're talking about a revolution it sounds like a whisper while they're standing in the welfare lines crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation wasting time in the unemployment lines sitting around well that was absolutely bloody beautiful courtesy of trace chairman harry give us something else beautiful other than just that like cat, cat. Just cat. <laughs> <laughs> other than that lovely little cat um, uh, yeah. yeah sorry this is that I mean that must have sounded mad but um, the first time that's ever happened yeah we we are recording actually unusually so we're downstairs at Trax HQ rather than upstairs which means we've got big glass wall window thing to our right and yeah Doors. we were both I was giving we were like looking at each other in the eyes for a second like doing like proper podcasting and then a cat walked past and we both just went mm. cat hmm <laughs> furly little animal um right so my third and final pick is a song called Little Bigot by Villagers which is from their last album uh, Darling Arithmetic now there is one big reason why I kind of went for this um I was at a friend's the other day and this song came on and he's Irish Kind he he's like Irish <laughs> slash French slash British. I I don't want to say what he is. A um, friend, a new friend, yes. An Irish French, yeah. Oh. Grew up in Paris, uh, but I think originally from Ireland. Blimey, that's a great mix. Yeah, he's very multicultural. I'm generous. Yeah, generous. generous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also ge- generous. Very close to religious, but <laughs> no, it's me being uh, generous with my jealousness. <laughs> what an absolute moment of pandemonium! We've got cats and jealousy. <laughs> it's throwing me off so much, I can't even put into words that cat. I'm catalyst. Um, right, so here we go. Uh, he was telling me about kind of why Darling Arithmetic was such a big, kind of um, meaningful album <laughs> Sorry, for. <laughs> I'm trying to not laugh, but it's happening. not doing very well. Say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> he told me why this kind of this album was so monumental in um, kind of now Irish history. So Ireland, I'm not sure if you know, is the first country to legalize gay marriage. Was yes, was yes, um, and this album kind of came out around that time, um, and. Coincidentally, I believe it was before the album was released that Connor O'Brien, the lead singer of Villagers and main writer, or only writer, I believe, um, came out as a gay man, which I did not know. I did not know that either, actually. Um... You suggested it um, hours and hours ago. You said, oh, is, is he gay? And I said, I, as far as I know, no, I didn't know no. that. Um, but he is. So that's a thing for you. Um, and Little Bigot is like this 
I'd only just heard this the other day. I've listened through to the album, but it's one of those ones that I haven't given my full attention to. Um, and this song is kind of like an empathetic way of, I wouldn't say, I, I would say going down to the level of somebody who is bigoted, mm. somebody who has these views that is that are fundamentally wrong. Um, <laughs> a lot of the lyrics, so it opens up with love is all, love is real, love is true, love is all, love is me, love is you. Um, and it's it's kind of looking at trying to empathise with somebody with these views and saying, look, here's my view on it. We're just humans that love. Like, stop with all your unaccepted, unaccepting kind of backwards way of looking at things. Um, Another thing, like, where is it? We're the same and it's okay to be tired, so take the blame, little bigot, and throw the hatred on the fire. Like, Especially now knowing that he is gay and these songs now have kind of a, a new meaning for me. Um, it's quite quite amazing how this album kind of became a, a huge uh, focal point on what was happening in politics at the time. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, finding that out, I wondered... We're now at a quite big, a, a big political part in our lives. There's going to be music made now that is going to be very politically charged and things that might fall under that bracket now as well. Like maybe albums that are released certainly this year, this week, this month, whatever, that might do exactly the same thing as this did. And they fall on these kind of huge monumental moments in history. And whether something comes out soon that is very relatable to, or what we might relate it to what is happening at the moment. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that often, um, as much as it might be kind of uh, horribly disturbing, you don't want to live in kind of torturous times. I think moments in history of huge political upheaval often lead to some of the most interesting uh, artistic projects. You know, so much of the most uh, potent music from our background the sort of indie background that we is still looked upon now as being really important comes from the thatcherite years which yeah. you know for me from my own personal political perspective is one of the most damaging eras in the whole of british history an absolute disaster for so many people but you know in it's almost like there's some kind of perverse payback where it's like okay all these terrible things happen but you'll get some amazing art out yeah. of it and it's like that well, that's that's the view <laughs> yeah. I had in it. Like, what are we going to get from this kind yeah. of moment? Especially if uh, the worst does happen yeah. and the the Tories do end up, yeah, yeah, getting power again. Exactly. Um, and on this particular subject, our, our candidate just down the road from us, Tory candidate, thinks that you can um, yeah. cure homosexual homosexuality with prayer. So, that make of that says what it you all. Want. It yeah. says it all. I mean, exactly. off mic, we had a ten minute discussion about that. Grim, absolutely grim. Yeah, um, it was mad. Yeah. But um, this song is very touching. It's a it's a really beautiful song as well. And I guess in the past I've always said that I'm somebody that doesn't really go straight the lyrics. And I think that's maybe why I never picked up on these kind of themes within this album. Um, I've always kind of listened to the songs and really liked those. Yeah. Uh, so 
it's now interesting and I hope you do it too to, to maybe listen through to this album and yeah. and hear this new kind of view on it absolutely and before you play it just shouts to uh, Republic of Ireland because this week this very week uh, they now have an openly gay Prime Minister which I think is a really beautiful thing and it saddens me to think that I can't quite imagine our country being quite so accepting of something like that and that happening here now um, so amazing yeah so this is a little bigot by villagers love is all love is real love is true love is all love is me love is you Yes, and my third and final pick is a song that I've played before, way, way, way back in episode number 17, which was called Peace and Love and Rock and Roll, and it was to celebrate Malala Day, I believe, um, Mm -hmm. an international day of peace, and I played a song by Billy Bragg, who's an artist I've spoke about numerous times on the podcast, Um, for me, a hero, musically, politically, and just as a man, I think a really amazing figure and in some ways I didn't really want to replay a song there's loads of music that could have gone in this episode and could have been really uh, potent and powerful and said all the things that we're trying to say as is always the case yeah but for me this is a song that I I got really into Billy Bragg around the same time that I became politically engaged and I it's funny because at the time it didn't necessarily feel like he was the reason that I was becoming politically engaged, but I do think um, when you're exposed to musicians and artists who are engaged with that world, I think that encourages you to look at it and become part of it as well. Um, where actually, you know, one of the big problems we have over here is that young people feel totally alienated from the political system, and I think the fact that someone whose music I really related to was also a very powerful speaker within that sphere was probably actually really uh, informing and empowering to me as a you know, teenager, mid-teens, maybe 16, 17, something like that. And one song that really always resonated with me, and still, um, if I'm ever feeling a bit disenfranchised or, you know, like... French. Disenfranchised? Franchised? Yeah, I'm being picky, mate. It's a sorry. word, yeah. I'm trying to say something really heartfelt. And I'm like, French. <laughs> anyway... Uh, if I'm ever feeling like that, like that word that I just tried to say and maybe failed, um, it kind of grounds me a little bit and it sort of um, reminds me of what I kind of believe within myself and how I feel and how, um, yeah, sometimes trudging round streets in the rain, knocking on doors of people who don't want to talk to you can feel really disheartening. Yeah. But something about this song always brings me back to a place where it's like, I really believe in what I'm doing here. And like, I believe, I you know, I fundamentally believe in the political system and a lot of people maybe don't. Um, but it's the second verse in particular, which always kind of hits me. And I'm going to, maybe you'll play it as well, but I am going to 
say what Billy says. He says, I kept faith and I kept voting, not for the iron fist, but in the helping hand. For theirs is a land with walls around it, and mine is a faith in my fellow man. Theirs is a land of hope and glory. Mine is the grass field and the factory floor. Theirs are the skies all dark with bombers, and mine is the peace that we knew between the wars. And to me... It couldn't be more relevant, yeah, really. That's what it all comes down to. Um, feeling within yourself, knowing your views and caring and wanting to make a difference. And that first line, I think that's the thing. Often we all we all feel that we so strongly disagree with what's going on but don't necessarily believe that simply voting is enough to change it. But actually keep the faith in the political process because otherwise we'll never get any change. Keep voting, keep doing what you believe in. And maybe, just maybe, one day we'll all have a world that we're really proud to live in instead of ashamed is a very strong word but saddened by if nothing yeah. else and also it's again a, a, in similar ways to the Trace Chapman song it's just a vocal performance that I absolutely love you know if we're going to just talk about the musicality of the song it's very kind of spoken wordy and it's just brilliant everyone go and listen to Billy Bragg and listen to this song enjoy it this is Between the Walls I was a miner, I was a docker, I was a railwayman between the walls. I raised a family in time of austerity with sweat at the boundary between the walls. I paid the union and as times got harder, I looked to the government. To help the working man, but they brought prosperity. So you have it, one of the most political songs for me of my life, and I'm sure it will continue to be exactly that. And with that song, I think we're coming to the end of what has been a big old episode. Uh, yeah. Loads of music, some views. Look at us, <laughs> having a view. <laughs> view from the top, yeah. yeah. Numero 60. Yeah. A big one. I went to see uh, Bernie Sanders talk the other day. Yeah, how with, was that? It was brilliant. It was really, really good. Um, but I was with my friend Becca, and she just made me laugh at the end. Because so I said, like, what did you think of it? And she said, yeah, I like that little man with all his views and that. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All them views and that. People have them. Um <laughs> Uh, we're going to wrap this episode up now. Um, first and foremost, we're going to thank you, our lovely listeners, for being here once again. I feel like, although there's been loads of laughs in this, we've been quite serious for two weeks, and maybe next week we'll come back with something a bit more light-hearted. Yeah, definitely. All the Tories have just got elected and we'll be absolutely in the doldrums. Who yeah. knows? Um, but, yeah, thank you for sticking with us, uh, and for being here, and for downloading, and for preemptively thank you for subscribing and giving us ratings and reviews on itunes that's all important too um thank you harry for being here with me <laughs> thanks for being with me too tim yeah and for not getting too bored while i bleat on about all oh, this I, stuff I could never on and off mic i would say that this is as like you've said when you were what 16 17 that was when you were kind of getting politically engaged 
within the last kind of couple of years, I have been within that stage that you were a long time ago. And I think at the moment, I couldn't get enough of talking yeah. to people about this. Yeah. So I, think- I sent you a, a meme the other day of, um, if you want to fix the world, then you just got to go into somebody's uh, kitchen at 4am <laughs> in the morning <laughs> while everyone's pissed and they know the, the problem they have, they have with the, the world is. Yeah. <laughs> people need to be more nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I love talking about this. Brilliant. Nothing and is more interesting to, to me. No, that's the other thing. Never think it's too late to get involved in all this stuff everyone gets involved at different times it you know it happens when it happens when it feels important when Benny drops yeah when you're ready um so I think all that's left to say really is if you're listening to this before Thursday and you're in the UK and you're registered to vote do it no matter what your views are you know you might not necessarily agree with what we've put forward as our personal views that's totally fine. Everyone is totally entitled to believe what they believe with the slight caveat that as long as it's well-informed, if it's not, then become informed. Yeah. That's your responsibility. But, yeah, get out there and vote and hopefully you get the candidate and the government that you want. Um, hopefully it's the one that we want. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, we're going to finish this uh, episode with the favourite song of our personal uh, pick for to be the next Prime Minister of the UK his name is Jeremy Corbyn and he's essentially a rock star he's on the front cover of The Enemy this week and within his interview there he said that his favourite song ever is John Lennon's Imagine and yeah I feel like if I shout really isn't it and also I feel like if I had to guess what his favourite song might be that would have been right up there it's absolutely on the money for a bit of jazz yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to take it out on that. The last final, the millionth time. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week. We will do. Vote Labour. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Imagine that.